Here's a good question to start off the new year. Is God coming to take us all to heaven, or is it coming back to empty heaven? The returns presented so many ways, theories, prognostications, pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. The subject of the return of the Lord generates serious discussion these days, no longer just a novelty item, bandered around by a few prophecy pundits. Hi everyone, I'm Bill Nordstrom, and welcome to the program today. What we do most often hear is this. I can't wait till Jesus returns, takes me to heaven. No more problems, no more pain. I'll see my family and friends and it'll all be good forever. Well, there's an element of truth in all that. But I suggest there's a bit more involved in God's eternal plan for humanity. Being whisked off into the heavenly expanse for a sing-along with some chubby cherubs playing their harps in the glory zone is a product of a flawed imagination. It's certainly not based on biblical fact. He's coming back to deliver the born-again New Testament saints and the Old Testament righteous. But we got to understand he's also bringing along with him those who have preceded us, New Testament saints and Old Testament righteous. Jesus is going to empty heaven. That's the bottom line. He's going to raise the righteous dead, and he's going to bring heaven back to earth. He's coming back to rule and reign with his glorified saints for a thousand years. Yes, Jesus Christ is returning. There, There is a catching up. There's a rapture. A Jewish Messiah will come in the clouds at the seventh trumpet, but he's coming to deliver his elect. We got to understand the church is not the new Israel. Jerusalem is the chosen place for God's rest. That city on the hill signifies the ultimate vindication of his promise to rule and reign on the earth, a a justification in the sight of all the nations. That's why the nations will come and worship before him. My friends, there's a spiritual straightening underway in this day that's preparing the body of believers to meet the Lord in the air. Saints who have finished the race, saints who have endured to the end, saints who have overcome the powers of the air. Listen to this. The blood-bought children of the living God, who've been demonstrating the wisdom of God's eternal plan, have been doing so to the principalities, the powers, and the authorities in the heavenly places. The Apostle Paul explains it this way in Ephesians chapter 3. This marvelous plan is to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ, to the intent that now, now the manifold wisdom of God, it might be made known by the church. The wisdom of God is to be made known by the church to whom? the principalities and the powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Read it. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. He's bringing the two great mysteries of the ages, the mystery of the gospel and the mystery of iniquity, to a final resolve, lifting the veil that's blurred the, the spiritual eyes of the church and has stumbled Israel for the past 2,000 years. Let's run it down this way. He's coming back to raise the dead. Daniel 12, 2. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, 
some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Jesus says it this way in in John chapter 5, verse 28. Do not marvel at this, for, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear my voice. He's coming back to banish the tyrants. Revelation 19.20, then the beast, the Antichrist, was captured, and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two, the Antichrist and the false prophet, will be cast alive into the lake of burning brimstone in fire. He's going to destroy those who have opposed him. Revelation 20, John says it this way, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and the great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, the devil, and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. Listen, that act alone will profoundly change the earth's spiritual landscape. Jesus is coming back to rule and reign in the nations. Where? on the earth. In my experience, this is so often misunderstood. This this is seen as some mythical phenomenon, that Christ himself, along with the resurrected and redeemed saints, won't actually be here on earth, uh, but rule and reign only from heaven. Listen, they'll be in and on, not either or, but both. We, in glorified bodies, just as the Lord, will interact with those who've survived the Great Tribulation in their natural bodies and transitioned into the Millennial Age, again, in their earthly bodies. Jesus, after the resurrection and in the glorified state he was, interacted with his followers for over a month on the earth. After the rapture, the nations will be coming coming to an earthly renovated Jerusalem to worship the Lord for a thousand years. Then finally, after the 1,000 years, comes the New Jerusalem. Again, again, this is an event that is often misunderstood. The new heavens and the new earth come after the millennium. Revelation 21, verse 1. Listen to John here. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. You might be saying at this point, now I'm really confused. Beloved, the Bible is full of mysteries. They're mysteries that are to be revealed in their time, God's set times. And he's doing that on a very regular basis in our time. Full of promises for the earth and and full and final establishment of his covenant with humanity. The Lord has an investment in the earth, a people of his own, some who will rule over ten cities, some over five. Where? On the earth. At the end of the age, he'll, he'll glorify us into his image and his likeness and will reign with him on the earth. The events spoken of at the end of the Bible are of a supernatural dynamic glorification. Listen to Paul explain that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. But someone will say, How are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? 
Foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. There are also heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. Paul goes on in verse 49 and says, As we have borne the image of the man of dust, an earthly body, we shall also bear the image of a heavenly man, Jesus, the glorified heavenly body Jesus received as he was raised from the dead. And then finally, Paul makes something really, really clear. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. That's interesting, isn't it? Nor, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We're not all going to die. But we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. At the end of the age, he's going to glorify us into his image and his likeness and will reign with him on the earth. I heard Dalton Thomas say something the other day that should ring with all of us. The church needs a tribulation. It doesn't need an early exit, leaving behind only spiritually unequipped and unprepared tribulation saints to uh, uh, direct traffic on the earth in the greatest crisis ever. The Great Tribulation will lead the present discombobulated, fractured, and often compromising church into a holiness, a, a resolve, a bride that's made herself ready for the return of the bridegroom. Let's pray. O Lord, O Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Your plans filled with unspeakable perfection. You determined how this age will end and your eternal relationship with your people will continue into eternity. And Father, this is what we want to thank you for. You've, you've made that plan and purpose clearly known to those who call on your name. Father, we receive your wisdom, the understanding of the Spirit as we, as we move away from the carnal, the, the, the works of the flesh, and as we daily move closer and closer into your likeness, which you will bring to a final perfection at your rapture, at your return. Amen and amen, Father. Amen. Maranatha, even so come, Lord Jesus. I'm Bill Nordstrom.